clear night sky stretched out in front of Sonari as she made her way into the city limits of Luxembourg. Her feet found a familiar path in the 6th district, and she found herself reverting to muscle memory while she walked deeper into the city. The activity along Mistvale Alley was just as she remembered it from her last visit. Anywhere else in the city, she would stand out, but not here. The low-hanging mist and dim arcane orbs that lit the alley kept everyone that traversed this section of town a bit more anonymous and unassuming, more than a cloak and a hood ever could. Her pale, Kalishtar complexion and opalescent hair marked her as a visitor that she was sure wasn't a normal sight to see in the elven metropolis. She strolled casually down the path in front of her, contemplating the last few months of her life. A serial killer who was still on the loose, arcane machines pulling planes together, wanton slaughter of the Goliath living in the ridge, almost dying at the hands of imposters and then again by way of her boss's old war buddy and his Drulkas friend. And now there was talk of an exiled Goliath awaking the primordial progenitor of the Goliath up in Coldbring. Sonari shook her head and let out a deep sigh. <sighs> a small furry head plopped onto her right shoulder and began to chirp at her. She turned to her red panda companion, Tobin, with a smile and nuzzled the top of his head with her cheek. You're absolutely right, love. Some good things have come from this clusterfuck, Sonari says in response to the chirps. The old man survived his ordeal, no thanks to himself, though I'm not sure he'll survive being laid up for a few weeks and Natasha's hovering over him like a hawk. Tobin cocked his head to the right and let out a string of squeaks. You're right, she replied. As much as he'll complain about it, he likes the attention. And if I'm being honest, I wouldn't mind that kind of attention either. She trailed off, her left hand instinctually going to the pouch holding a sending stone. I wonder how Argyle's competition went, she wondered aloud. Tobin let out an exasperated sigh and plopped his head back down on her shoulder. I know, I know, I keep talking about him, but something about him hit differently. You know better than most that all of the guys and girls I meet either fetishize me or are intimidated. I didn't get that vibe from him, and even though it took a little while, he actually contacted me after I left. I wasn't a trophy or a conquest. It's nice to feel wanted and sought after. She looked down at the red panda to see him fast asleep. A smile crept across her face. Not long after, the mist cleared and she was entering into the Twilight Gardens. This section of the city was her favorite place. Everything in it was meticulously maintained and sculpted to perfection. The ethereal light emanating off of the handful of weave willows in this particular section reminded her of her childhood. She made her way down the manicured path to an herbalist shop called the Verdant Apothecary. Hanging baskets of fragrant herbs and flora decorated the exterior of the shop. As she entered, she noticed that the shopkeeper, Master Thal, 
looked a little shaken up. Sonari approached the older elf with a cautious smile. The conversation wasn't very long. Apparently, the gentleman had run into an old acquaintance and his traveling companions. He hadn't been seen in quite a few years after he was kicked out of the monastery in the forest bastion. But it wasn't the appearance of this person that shook him. It was the three figures that had come in after them, asking about their purchases. He had recognized a pendant on one of them, a red-orange hexagonal stone. The same stone that the people in the Light of Elrun wore. That name rang a bell for Sonari, but she couldn't quite place it. She thanked him for the information and the pipeweed, and made her way out. She cut her way across the remainder of the Twilight Gardens and found her way to Starlight Promenade. The street was adorned with a mosaic of sparkling gemstones set into the cobblestones, reflecting the light of the moon and creating a shimmering pathway. Elaborate fountains adorned the intricate sculptures of mythical creatures and lined the promenade. Their waters danced to the rhythm of hidden melodies. The buildings along the starlight promenade boasted elegant balconies and majestic archways, but she was looking for a beignet vendor. Finding the elderly elven woman Bindi and her cart Bindi's beignets wasn't too difficult. She never had a set spot because, as good as her treats were, the people who sought her out weren't there just for her fried goods. Bindi greeted Sonari with a smile that scrunched up her wizened face. They exchanged no words, only a single gold coin for a parchment cone almost overflowing with beignets. The old woman gestured behind her with her head, and Sonari followed her prompt. Stepping into the alleyway that the cart blocked, she approached an ivy-covered dead end and whispered the only phrase in Elvin that she had ever bothered to remember. A breath of Anchi. A dim light emanated from behind the ivy, and Sonari pulled the vines aside and entered Arcane Alley. A labyrinthine network of narrow cobblestone paths and shadowy nooks opened up in front of her. It was not a place that she had been in quite some time, but it was where she spent most of her time as a teen. Arcane Alley is a place where secrecy and whispers reign supreme. It's whispered that those who know how to navigate its ever-changing layout can find everything from enchanted trinkets to forbidden spells and powerful artifacts which is what she needed. Making her way through the winding cobblestone streets, she thought more about this group Master Thal spoke of. The Light of Elrin. Something about it was familiar, but she was still having trouble placing it. Eventually, she found her way to the shop she was looking for, the Shrouded Mask. Its entrance was marked by a heavy, ornately carved wooden door adorned with intricate patterns and a single silver mask hanging above it. That's when it hit her, something that Ren had told her a long while ago. The fiend that her parents had made a deal with to grant them a child, the one that she was tied to, always appeared as someone else. They were always wearing a mask. 
Ren had explained that the archfiend Ariok had appeared to them as a fae named Elrin. This will complicate things, she thought to herself. She pushed through the door into the dimly lit interior. The shelves of the shrouded mask were adorned with the usual peculiar artifacts, relics, and curiosities from distant lands and forgotten realms. Ancient tomes filled with forbidden knowledge, cursed talismans said to bring both power and peril, and intricately carved figurines representing forgotten deities sat inside glass cases. The cloaked figure that was the proprietor glided towards Sonari and greeted her in a whispered voice. She nodded at the figure, trying not to stare at the faceless silver mask that showed under their hood. I know it's been a long while since I saw you last, she said cautiously, but I was hoping that I could speak to him. <laughs>